0: It says it's declined. Warrior 3 on the front leg. What? Why are you gonna judge me?
1: You don't
2: know my life.
1: I feel like you're not fully invested in this relationship. Hello?
0: Well, welcome to all eight of our campuses as we begin uh, or continue our reboot series. Uh, You know, we don't have many guest speakers here at NCC, and part of that is, honestly, I think we're pretty blessed with an amazing teaching team, but uh, occasionally, I just feel like there's something that, uh, someone that we need to hear from, and uh, one of those people is my good friend, Brad Formsma. Uh, Brad is... uh, uh, is an expert in the field of generosity, but but that doesn't do it justice because uh, I've rarely met anyone that's more infectious in terms of the, the creativity and the joy In giving to others, and not just uh, monetarily, but with his life in some unique ways. And so a few years ago, he wrote a book called I Like Giving. And uh, you may have gotten that book when he was here uh, a few years ago. But uh, if you haven't, we've got some copies either at your campus or you can grab it online. And I bumped into someone on the way into church and they mentioned to me that uh, they give Brad's book away more than my book. (laughs) And that hurt a little. um, Hurt a little. Uh, Not really. I love it. I love it because... uh, I have given this book away, uh, maybe as much or or more than any other book, because I I love the message of I Like Giving. Uh, They have created some short films. Those films, uh, ilikegiving.com, have been watched by 51 million people, and uh, and so you can check those out. But uh, at our campuses where we have the books, you can get them two for 20. I'd encourage you to do that. Fun way to get a book and give a book and uh, put this message into practice. So without further ado, would you give a huge NCC welcome to Brad Formsman as he
1: comes? (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy. Good. Will you say with me? I like, giving. I like giving. All right. Now turn to your neighbor and say, and so do you. So do you. Huh. All right. This weekend we're going to have some fun. You know, I've been studying generosity for nearly uh, 13 years now, and I want to share with you how it's changed me, how it's changed my family, and how it's impacted many, many other people. I believe that we all benefit from a reboot of our definition of generosity and what the generous life is. Now, before we jump into the three things that I want to share with you that I've learned over all these years, just need to clarify, like the giving guys here, I'm not going to ask you for money, but if you're anything like me, you might've thought that. So what I want to do is let you know, I'm going to share my heart with you. And I've been praying for the last few weeks that your hearts would be open and receptive to what the Lord would have for you through his word and through these stories and and through some of the thoughts. And so I want to give you a little, little backdrop of how I got here. I, I was nine years old, and uh, my grandpa had a big commercial baking company. Next to his office was a small test kitchen. You see, what I didn't realize was, Grandpa, all week long, had his antenna working. He was listening and looking for opportunities and ways to give. And so on Saturday, because I was the oldest of five, and I'm nine, so that left a couple littles, and that meant that I learned how to change diapers way too early. So I was looking for a way to escape. And so I started tagging along with Grandpa. So it's now Saturday morning, and he would make these 16 special loaves of bread. And as they would cool off, I, I got to put them in that fresh cellophane, and then we would head out, and we would go to people with wealth and influence, and he would bring a loaf of bread and a kind word, and he'd squeeze that in their face, smell that, it's so good for you. he Sorry, Gramps, he didn't get the memo on white bread, but the heart was there. And then we would go to just shut-ins, and we would go to everybody in between. Sometimes there would be a monetary gift if that was appropriate. Sometimes he'd just give the gift of inconvenience. He would just sit with someone and and listen. And so he was more of a showed-it-than-told-it kind of guy, so he would just model this for me. I think of God's principles and grandpa's ways, these, these six ways of being generous with our thoughts and our words and our, our money and the way we share our money. And that's important because it's connected to our heart. And we can be generous with our influence, the way we share our stuff and our time. And so he would just begin to show this to me. And time went on. I started a business, had that for a number of years. And in 2005, I was on a run And everything seemed to be lining up in my life with family and marriage and kids and all this. And something was missing. You ever have that where you're just like, I think there's something more and I kept reading about the the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our life and how he's our guide, and I was on this run on a natural beauty road in Michigan, which is code for sloppy, gravelly, and uneven, but, you know, we have these names, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I got this vision and this message. I'm going to use you to encourage people in their giving. You're going to bring greater hope and joy to many, You'll influence influencers, and then they'll take this message, this is my heart, uh, into the world. And I thought, well, what in the world do you do with that? I don't even hardly leave for spring vacation. But I purposed it in my heart, and a few years later sold the business. And by the way, I sold a a smaller service business in Michigan. I have to work just like everybody else. And so sometimes people say, you sold a business. That sounds like, you know, yeah, pick something fun. Go talk about generosity. No, I just... God called me into this, into this work. And so I started pulling people together and having conversations about generosity and, and what it meant. And I started to realize that it was such a dynamic area and there was something powerful when you use stories to message about generosity. And so the first thing I want to share with you that I've learned that I think will be helpful for you is the idea of awareness, When we move from awareness to action, miracles happen. We got to get our antenna working. Grandpa got it working, and then he modeled that to me. And so as we move into awareness, for our family, boy, I went down and got our newspaper one day. We lived in Grand Rapids, Michigan at the time, and there's a picture of a Sudanese father and son in the newspaper. And this article went on to say that Uh, these refugees, they were firebombed out of their village, they lost friends, and they lost family, and now they're, got clothes on their back and a couple bikes, and as I read further, I realized some thugs had stolen their bikes, and that was the dad's way to work, and the other bike was the son's toy, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, this is crazy, so I run into the house, and we pull a 10, 7, and 2-year-old, our kids together at the time, and Now, just a little footnote, I married somebody opposite from me, so I'm kind of the idea activator guy. My wife, she likes everything all planned out, and so these kind of giving things, you know, you got to bring the kids in because it softens the future conversations. (laughs) So... I say, "What should we do?" And my oldest son says, "We got to go get them bikes." And I'm like, "You're right. We got to go get them bikes." And so we head on to the books, the bike store, load them in the back of the minivan. We're driving down the road and a few miles in, she says, "Hey, uh, idea guy. Um, what's their address?" Oh, no, they didn't put it in the newspaper. Of course they don't put that. So I call the church, and the church says, oh, just give the bikes to Wheels for Jesus. And I'm like, no, this isn't about Wheels for Jesus. I want to model generosity to my kids like Grandpa did for me, and they have an immediate need. And so finally the guy gives us the address. We spent four hours chasing around town, and finally we found and when we did because of the language barrier all the dad could say is I like bike I like bikes he's on the bike driving down the street and as we get in the car that day the trajectory of our whole family my life changed forever that one story and my wife said to me you know as we drove away I kept hearing that there's going to be hundreds of bikes in that front yard there weren't any bikes I think the Lord had an assignment for us. And then my oldest son said, Dad, I know we were going to go to the water park this afternoon. Boy, that was, that was way better than going to the water park. You know, when the younger you get that, I, that the joy that comes from realizing it's more blessed to give than receive. That's my heartbeat. When it can just push this message down into the lowest parts of a family or into your life, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful force. Revelation 6.10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all men. And Paul's sitting there saying, Look, this is a privilege we get to give. But sometimes that reboots necessary because we start to turn it into duty and we start it at other things. And that's okay. So I travel across the country a fair amount. I was heading to a business to speak about generosity because there's companies that are already generous. They want to continue to have people come in and reinforce that in their culture. They know it's good for business and it's good for the hearts of their people. And so I'm going through this airport bathroom, and those of you that travel know, hey, airport bathroom, clean, that's a bonus. So. I'm in one, a clean, I got a bonus bathroom. So I noticed the cart's all organized and there's this guy, he's just doing a great job cleaning. And I get that nudge, you ever get it? Like, you should say something. And I'm the giving guy and I totally denied it. And I walked out in about 10 steps. I just love how the Holy Spirit's gracious. He's like, nudge again, okay, I got, I'm, I'm gonna. So, so I walked up to him, I said, sir, I just wanna thank you. I travel and you know, the clean airport bathroom, it's, it's a bonus and he smiled, and I reached out my hand to him, and I said, I'm Brad. And as I turned, his big hand buried mine, and he said, I'm Conrad. And I noticed his arm, his uh, name patch was empty. I said, Oh, Conrad, if you work for me, your name would be on your shirt. I believe you matter, and you're a good man. And a big tear welled up in the corner of that man's eye, and we had this amazing smile as I floated away and I showed up at the coffee shop where my wife was waiting for me. She's like, what happened? You're glowing. I said, just went to the bathroom. No, I said, I said, I just met Conrad. She's like, who's Conrad? I said, let me just sit in this for a minute. I just want to sit in this. It's more blessed to give than receive. You know, if there's one thing today that you take away, who's your Conrad? Maybe you work with Conrad. Maybe you don't like them. Might be an opportunity for you to move at being generous with your your words. So the second thing I want to share with you that I've learned is the idea of making the generous life a habit. Make the decision today that I want to aim at generosity. You know, I don't get it right all the time. I think that's why the Lord called me into this work. He knew I needed 24-7 to be focused on this. But if you make that decision, I believe he's going to meet you there and help you grow in the grace of giving. You see, our family, we love to give regularly to our church. And we also love to make some other economic decisions that let us have a little pile on the side that just, it's not so much, but just enough to be able to respond, you know, to that immediate need. And then one day, my oldest son came to me and said, Dad, my buddy has his dad's really sick, and the doctor's saying two months to live, and um, I just feel like our family could do something for them. What could we do? And so our family talked about this, and we decided, you know, in this season, they probably have bills that we wouldn't know about, couldn't ever figure out, and so we decided to get a prepaid visa. We were going to do one of those stealth giving things where we would just send them a little note, and we all got in the van, drove over there, and dropped it off at the front door, and we thought we made a clean escape, but they saw us on, on the way out. So they knew it was us, and, and unfortunately, two months passed and, and that man passed away. And three weeks after that, a note showed up in our mailbox and it said, Dear Brad and Laura, my husband Tom was pacing back and forth in our living room, asking God to provide money so that he could put new tires on my car, so that I would be safe before he went to heaven. For the creator of the universe, he works through us to be a part of answering prayer. I just want to say that again. I mean, he trusts us enough to respond to a another person's prayer, and I don't even know this guy, but I'm telling you, I've had some thoughts like, what's that going to be like when we pass on that road in heaven? Like, hey, man, thank you. I like tires, right? <laughs> but we got to have our antenna up, and we got to have our antenna up working. And, you know, what I didn't, what I didn't share with you is that two, two months before uh, my son came to us. I sat in a doctor's office and, and the doctor said, you know, you have a rare form of leukemia and that's a blood cancer and, and you have 24 months to live if you don't um, do something. And now there's a pill that's 300 bucks a day and it works sometimes. And my life flashed before my eyes. You start to think about who's going to walk your Daughter down the aisle, who's going to take care of your young family? And then you go, I went to my foundation in in the hope of Jesus and the decision and the habit that we made to live generously through whatever was going on. And so what happened for us was that because that decision was made, I really believe that I didn't I didn't miss out that opportunity to buy tires. I think I would have chickened out. I was I was scared. There were some times in the middle of the night that I'd look out the window and go, "Wow, this isn't good." And yet because that decision was there and the habit was there even when the storm in life comes through and you know you're going to have your life pass through, flash before your eyes or you already have. But then you can take that decision to live generously in those other ways beyond money through these circumstances and so i would go into the oncologist's office and they would take all this blood and money from you and then the, the lady doing it one day her name's joy i'm like seriously all day long she takes and you could tell she was having an off day and uh, I said hey Joy you ever go get one of those big Starbucks with you know like 910 calories all the whipped cream and the drizzle and all that you ever go do that with a friend just load it up and she's like kind of peculiar yeah I I would do that and I'm like okay so as she was labeling the 10 vials of blood they extracted from me I slid one of those Starbucks cards on her chair and as I made it to the doorframe I said hey Joy have fun with your friend and And a smile broke across her face. And just in that minute, something shifted. You know, I was also feeling sorry for myself with all the other things that were going on and I'm being inconvenienced, all these kinds of things. Well, about a year and a half ago, the doctor called me in and he said, hey, I've got eight people I'm gonna put through this study, which basically means I'm gonna take all of you off the medicine and I'm gonna see what happens. And so... Seven of those people um, over the last year, uh, that the disease unfortunately returned. And it didn't return for me. And so I like healing is that story. Yeah, yeah there's, yes. Thank you, Lord. Now, I think this is okay word at church. I'm not going to be back next week. So I'm just going to say my doctor, he's pompous. He knows everything. Just ask him. And so we're in his office, and I said, Doc, I think we're dealing with a miracle. And he said, "No, nah, statistically impossible. And I said, Well, what about spontaneous remission? Now that happens. And I'm like, oh, I thought that's what you guys said the medical definition of a miracle was. Anyway, then he goes, Hey, I like those shoes. And I'm like, Oh, well, thanks. We just went from miracle to shoes. Oh, okay. And uh, then he comes back to the shoes. Hey, I like the buckle on the top of your shoe. That's, that's great. And I'm like... Okay, I got it. Yeah, thank you. He comes back to the shoes for the third time. I like the stitching. So I say, Doc, um, well, what are yours like, size 10? No, you think you're so smart. They're nine and a half. And I'm thinking, no, you're so dumb. You just gave the giving guy the answer because I got in the car, went down to Nordstrom Rack, turned down the aisle, walked up, and there they were, glowing, (laughs) size nine and a half. Now... I wrote him a note. I said, Doc, thank you for using your God-given gifts to help a guy like me stay around a little longer. And then I think Jesus is okay with the second sentence in the note. I said, this will help you be one step more like me. Okay, so, and I sent it off. And he calls me and he says, you're crazy. You think that the world can be a better place if more people are generous. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, you're crazy. And I'm like, okay, I'm crazy. I'm healed. I'm crazy. We got it. But you know, I really believe that's a form of being generous. He was coming after me. I'm like, my doc's not for me. He, You know, we're having this situation. And I, something shifts. I just say, giving changes everything. And there's something powerful when I went outside of my own situation. And so when we move from awareness to action, miracles happen, right? That's that first thing. The second thing is make it a habit, would you? And then the third thing is the impact. You never know. You know, I think about when you throw a rock in a pond, that ripple goes out. It hits the shoreline and eventually dissipates. But this generosity thing, it's like inverted. It goes and it ripples farther and out. The generosity ripple just keeps on going. Grandpa modeled an influence for me and it happens. One of my favorite ways to clarify and qualify a giving opportunity, just ask a question. I was reading in James about widows and orphans and my grandparents had passed away and I thought, where in the world? How do I engage? Where do I find the need? Light bulb went off. What if... What if I ask the person who cuts my hair? Maybe she knows a widow. So she's getting my hair going, and I said, hey, where do I get a widow? It came out a little funny. So then I was like, no, no, I was reading this. I'm just wondering, where do I find someone to help? And she said, I've got the perfect person. You see, Evelyn, she's 88. Her husband passed away a number of years ago. She lives in a small apartment. There's no money left. In fact, she's thinking about cutting back on some of her medicine." I said, oh, I think we'll do another one of those stealth deals. So my wife and I got together, and we started just sending anonymous money every month. Well, I figured I'd meet her in heaven, and then she turned 92. So I thought, hello, I should go meet her. So we went out for a cup of coffee. I mean, she's this short, I'm and we, she just glows. And I learn so much from her about being generous with not having so much in the financial realm and yet whatever she had in the financial realm she was giving part of that found out she was slicing off some of our check to do things for other people so as our work at I like giving Mark mentioned was kind of you know really picking up speed a publisher came to me and they said you should write a book and i said no i'm not your guy I cheated in high school english and they're like no 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 we can help guys like you you know you, you got to get these stories out so we put like 44 different stories together from age 8 to 98 just showing the generous life and evelyn was one of the first people i went to and i said evelyn can i can i tell part of your story in the book and she said absolutely and so just want to read a, a a short little uh two sentences out of her story here because it just it just gets me every time. Tears ran down my cheeks, and I felt deeply grateful. And at that moment, I knew what I needed to do. You see, money is like a river. It's meant to keep on moving. Meant to keep on moving. What a picture of growing trust. It comes in, and you think, if I just hang on. But you, it goes out, and it keeps on moving, and the Lord replenishes it in His perfect timing. Wouldn't you you love to meet her? Well, take a quick look at the screen and I'll be right back. How old are you?
3: 97. I'll be 98 in October. (laughs) I live in a retirement community. And we used to have a bus here to take people to the grocery store twice a week. And they gave that bus up, I don't know why. So a lot of people were stuck around here. Like my neighbor, Joyce, who was a very shy person. She said to me, well, if they don't get another bus, they'll find another place for me to live. And she said, I just don't wanna go anywhere else. I said, Joyce, I'll get you to the grocery store every week. But I lost my driver's license because somebody thought I was too old. But I didn't have a mark against me at all. I was heartbroken at that. I really was. It made me feel old. It made me feel useless. I am a good driver, I really am. I, I'm not fearful when I drive, but I'm very careful. Are no. a No. Well, I drive 65, but I obey the rules, so I went to get it back. You make a promise, it's important for me to, to keep that promise if it's possible. and I passed it. (laughs) I'm on the earth, I'm here. If I can contribute, I should. Shouldn't we all? And not just think of ourselves. It's supposed to get real cold. That's what you said. Like I say, I don't have money to give, but I can give myself and my time. of people in the world who don't have anybody who cares about them. So that's the way I felt. (laughs) We're asked to love our neighbor, be a friend. That will give you joy. I mean, I don't do this so you think I'm great. I don't even think of that. My daughter says, Mother, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. I will say, well, OK. And like I say, I do what I I wouldn't do anything dangerous, but you know.
1: Oh, man. You know, uh, a little over a year ago, got the call, 98, Evelyn went to heaven, and that, that whole week, I look back on that whole week, and it, I was sad, and I, I kept saying, Lord, what, what's going on there? And you realize how much that treasure and heart connection happens, and uh, I got so much joy and learned so much from her. What a sweet-spirited person. You know, when I talk about impact, that one bike story, it started a movement. It started I Like Giving, which is a you know nonprofit organization that inspires people to live generously. So we create content like these films. In fact, that story has been viewed over nine million times uh, around the globe. And I even licensed it recently to National Geographic. So every year, 250,000 homeschool kids will watch this for the next 10 years as a model of the generous life. And so there's just something powerful about one question, getting a haircut and meeting Evelyn, and it just continues to ripple. And people ask me all the time, like, well, how is I like giving funded? And it, I, I think about Daryl, who gives to us through his donor-advised fund. He just said, look, I, I believe in this message, and I want to give more. And I want other people to give more, so that's what we do. So that's kind of how that works. Um, when I think about impact, though, I also think about how does that affect our own family? And, and today, um, my 16-year-old son, who's going on 26, which creates an interesting parenting challenge, he's here with me, and I, his name's Drew, and so would you welcome him? I asked him to share some <laughs> thoughts. Today I wanna
2: share with you what it's been like for me being around this generosity conversation. So I remember one of my first times ever giving. I was with my friends and we were getting some ice cream and this kid in front of me didn't have enough money so I paid for his ice cream. And I kinda got that skip you get from giving and my friends are going, Drew, do you even know that kid? Why do you have to do that? And I got to explain to them, you get to do this. You get to be a blessing. And over the next weeks and months, I kept doing little giving things around them. And they caught on. One day, we were at uh, Disneyland. And we were at the arcade. And this, we, were, we won this huge stuffed hot dog. It was two feet long. And we did this little hula dance woo, when we won. We turn around, and this kid's staring right at it, about this tall. And my friend's like, we're giving this thing away. So we ask his parents, hey, can we give this to your son? And after a couple seconds of a language barrier, the kid's face was bigger. His smile was bigger than his face. He lit up. And in that moment, that was so fun because I thought to myself, is he ever gonna remember what rides he went on? No. He's gonna remember that two high school kids looked out for him, cared about him. He felt known. And I believe it's the same for me and my friend. We're not gonna gonna remember what rides we went on. We got to look into a very small kid's life and be generous with what we have. Often people ask me, Drew, how do I bring this into my family, my work environment, my school? How do I influence my friends to give? So I I came up with an acronym, ME, M-E-E, which is funny because it's not about me. So it's first. Model, then encourage and lastly, engage. So model. When you model generosity to people, they'll follow. It's contagious. Even at first, you might not see any change. Those seeds will be planted. Those seeds were planted in my life, in my dad's life, by his grandpa. People notice. Then encourage. encourage you, encourage each other to give. It's, but don't force don't force your friends to do it. Then all the fun drops out. Then it, then it becomes something you have to do, and that's no fun. Last is engage. Engage. Do it together. I had a kid come up to me and go, Drew, how do, I, how do I bring this into my school? He bought a whole box for his class, gave them out. How, and I also had a kid come up to me at school. He goes, Drew, like, I don't even know what generosity means. And I just sat there, and you go, wow. like Generosity is never talked about. Why can't we talk about it? Bring it around the dinner table. Share your stories with one another. So the last story I wanna share with you happened at this restaurant. We were sitting around the dinner table together and I noticed something. I looked out of the corner of my eye and I saw this kid. But what was strange is the kid was on his phone and the grandpa's just staring off. And I said to my family, I've seen too much of this. Like this has gotta change. (laughs) So I was like, I'm going to make a pit stop. So as we walk out, I made a little pit stop by their table and said to the kid, hey, is this your is this your grandpa? Yeah, it's my grandpa. I said, I bet your grandpa's got some great stories from his life. I bet he's a wise man. Wouldn't you want to hear some? Yeah. I was like, you're going to have to put that phone away. I don't care how great at multitasking you are. And he slid his phone in his pocket so quick. And as I walked out, the grandpa winked at me. And I looked back through that window and saw them talking. That one question could have changed their relationship forever. Now, I believe we all have one question. We all can give one question. And I believe that generosity can change this church, this city, this community, the culture. I believe it starts here. This can change the world, but it starts with us. And generosity inspires generosity. So it starts with our story and our family and our our situation. And I want you to remember one thing one thing today generosity is not something you only do on Giving Tuesday, Thanksgiving, or Christmas. It's something you do every day. You can make it a lifestyle. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you, Drew. Oh. About a year after my grandpa passed away, I uh, found a note, and uh, he was generous with his words. He was sending me a, a gift. He said, Dear Brad, Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. I think this is well worth remembering love gramps and i think it's well worth remembering for all of us i just want to encourage you to consider making that decision to live generously daily weekly monthly i believe that it will change you and those around you forever So will you join me in a closing prayer? Lord, thank you for this weekend. Thank you for teaching us that it's more blessed to give than receive. I pray that we would all grab a hold of this idea of becoming aware about opportunities for giving and making it a habit in our lives and trusting you for the impact. I pray that we would grow in the grace of giving so that we can experience the life that's truly life. In Jesus' name, amen.